Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with your co-host, the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Rice, and his wife, Jeannie. Michael and Jeannie share with you the wisdom of the ancient Aramaic internal process of forgiveness. They offer tools and support five days a week. They will support you in building a solid foundation within yourself to live in pure love. In Aramaic, Rachma. Michael is the author of Why Is This Happening to Me Again? For more information on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.whyagain.com. And now your co-host, the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael and Jeannie Rice. To the brightness within you and the truth that is rooted within me. Hi and welcome to Mind Shifters Radio with the forgiveness doctor, Dr. Michael Rice. I'm Jeannie Rice, your co-host. Dr. Tim Hayes is not going to be with us today. We welcome you to the show. Today is Friday, February the 19th, 2016. It has been a fast week. Our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Press 1 and that puts you to you to talk to us. And we would love to hear your comments and your questions because that makes this your show. Welcome, Michael. Thank you, dear heart, and welcome, everybody. We're honored and delighted that you're here with us once again today to talk about this awesome process of learning how to be in harmony with the forces that flow around us and to be able to be responsible for, to locate, and remove those things within ourselves, take responsibility for and remove those things within ourselves that keep us from being in harmony with the energies moving around us. We are just uh, entering into the second day of Laws of Living. We're here in Orlando, and so we've got 16 days in total where we're going to be looking at this whole idea of law. And so it just occurs to me to share a little bit with you about this ancient Aramaic idea of law. If you listen to the Greeks, and if you look at, listen to the authorities that want to run your life, you'll find that they say law is a set of rules set up by an authority, <coughs> by the way, me, and you better do what you're told or you're in big trouble. I will come down with a big gun and punish you if you don't do what you're told. And the authorities of the world have attempted to usurp the idea of law with that dialogue, and in so doing, have totally destroyed the idea of law, have totally lost the concept, the original concept and the original meaning of law. And one of the things we're working to do is to restore that understanding to people so that we can get back in harmony. You know, we can break men's rules, and people call it breaking the law. We haven't broken the law at all. No man has ever written a law. We call what our legislators do. But if you take a look at it, you'll see that it's a bill. It's an ordinance. It's a statute. It's anything but a law. Of course, Vladimir Lenin said, and you look at this guy who wrote the communist philosophy and is responsible for the deaths of millions of people, millions and millions of people. 
when you think of that, how bizarre and insane that is. And one of the things he tells us is that if we can change the meaning of a culture's words, we can destroy that culture. The culture based on love has by and large been destroyed by changing the meanings of the words. If you go back to Yeshua 2,000 years ago, he was supporting people returning to the truth of who they were and living in harmony with the law of love. Now, what is the law of love? Well, when they asked him the question, he said the most important thing in all the law is not, by the way, as the Greeks have told us, the Greeks changed the whole meaning of it. Yeshua was in that all Greek He's checking his earpieces and and whatever to see what's going on there. Not sure what happened, and I wasn't sure whether it was my headset because I was hearing it very choppy. So thank you for texting me and letting me know that. And he's re-signing on, so we'll get going here again and see if it's any clearer. So I don't know what the the difference is between his phone and mine because we're sitting side by side. But... (laughs) Anyway, so he'll have to um, re-describe what he was just talking about because I was only catching about every other word. And I wasn't sure if it was mine or not. So this is um, the second day already of our intensive. We've got one participant that should be here any minute, and then we're going to take off on how the healing process looks this afternoon and uh, then go into a night session. And then from this point forward... We'll have three classes a day. It'll be a very intense process. Okay, you must be on because I'm hearing myself. Right, you're coming through loud and clear. So let's see if that sounds any better. Are we connected now? Oh, good. Okay, so so I was talking about this idea of the it, Vladimir Lenin having said that if you can destroy the meaning of a word or change the meaning of a word, you can destroy a culture. And that the culture based on human life has been destroyed because so many of the meanings of words have been destroyed, have been changed, have been made something other than what they are. Since cultures are passed on through words, if you change the meaning of words 
and one generation has a cultural meaning for a word and tries to pass it to the next generation. The next generation doesn't get it, doesn't understand it. And so, first of all, the word law has been bastardized. We've been told that it's the rule of a superior. Those who have taken over the world, the power structure of the world, have told us that law has a meaning. And it means the rules that I write, I, the person with the big gun, and if you don't follow my rules, I'll come with my big gun or send somebody, uh, some bully with a big gun to come and get you and make sure you follow my rules. And like, you know, whoever thought us that we needed to be under that kind of control as human beings. And when we believe that law is the rule of a superior, then we tend to turn around and look at the creator who is the author of law, the true thing, and we'll talk about what the true thing is in a few minutes, and, and we come to believe because we've been brainwashed into law being the rule of a superior that some superior up in the sky wrote these laws going to come and get us if we don't out out to the will that is behind that. And our offering is that that's a total and complete destruction of the meaning of the word law. And through some simple examples that are physiological, we can come to comprehend more of the meaning of the word law as it was originally intended in the Aramaic. So we all know or we've heard of a thing called the law of gravity. Now, you won't find the author of the law of gravity having written it in a book and said, you better obey it or else I'll get you. That's silly. Silly thinking. Kings are silly when they think they can actually write laws. Not possible. But there's an eternal force called gravity. And you and I, no matter how much we like it or don't like it, are subject to that force. And it will not bend to the least, in the least, pardon me, to our will. You know, I can will that the law of gravity is going to change. And tomorrow morning, when I get up, my feet are going to go to the ceiling instead of the floor. I can wish and will and hope for that all I want. But when I get up in the morning, my feet are going to the floor. And I cannot break the law of gravity. Now, you might say, oh, but Michael, I saw a man fly a heavier-than-air machine, so he must have broken the law of gravity. No, he didn't. That man, understanding and harmonizing with the law of gravity, was able to build a machine that could fly a heavier-than-air machine. But he totally and completely honored the law of gravity. The instant that airplane violates the law of gravity, it's crashing. And so it is with people's lives in every arena. Gravity is an eternal force. You honor it, things go well. You dishonor it. You stand at the edge of the cliff, and you dishonor the law of gravity by stepping off the cliff. And at the bottom... Bones are going to break. There's no great god of gravity that says, hmm, I wonder if we should break the bones of this one or should we just uh, let them bounce and be okay. Not going to happen. Inherent in the violation of honoring that law is a result. And the person who steps off the cliff is not punished in the least for violating the law of gravity because that person did not violate the law of gravity. They honored it totally. They dropped when they stepped off the cliff. 
and at the bottom of the cliff, bones broke when they hit the ground. That's just the way gravity works. No punisher involved. There's no authority that wrote a set of laws for the universe and says, I'm going to come and get you. But kings do that all the time. And I will send a man with a big gun, a bully, that I've given a star to and said, you become my enforcer. Have you ever looked at that word enforcer when it came to crime syndicates? Yeah, it's the people who go out and force others to do the will of the person who's trying to run the show, the lives of other people. And sadly, that's the way most kings work. And when we recognize that gravity has never been broken, that it is we who get broken when we come into avoidable collision with gravity, then we start to comprehend a little bit about the law. Oh, there's a way something works. If I understand how it works, then I get to play within that realm. If I don't understand how it works, then I don't get to play within that realm. I find myself in difficulty and trouble. In fact, in my avoidable collision with the law, I get broken. And so once one understands that, and, and that the first law, when they asked Yeshua, of, of all these forces that are moving around us, what's most important? How do we understand this? And he said, you know, the Greeks tell us, he said, you've got to love the creator, love your neighbor as yourself. Sadly, most people are loving others as themselves. Because there is no love in them, they violate others the way they violate themselves. Okay, so Michael's phone dropped connection again, so he is signing back on one more time. I don't know what's going on with his phone, but um, the this is awesome conversation here, especially since we're in the laws of living and we haven't really gotten into that yet, to understand that there is a big difference between the rules of man and the laws of the universe, and that we have, if we understand how that works that we can play in that realm and that we can avoid that collision. And so I'm glad that uh, you're covering this topic this morning so that uh, it kind of sets a footprint for us. And we do have a caller, but go ahead and finish what you're talking about. Cool, great. Let's see how we uh, we come across. I'm not sure what's going on with the phone today, but it seems to be having a bit of a challenge. In any event, Yeshua, if they, he sat in most churches today, where they're talking about the law and, of course, the the perennial wish not to be under the law. You know, there's a whole story that men have made up, a whole fantasy. And they're supposedly teaching in the name of a man who said, not one shot or tittle of the law will pass away until heaven and earth pass away. In other words, if the earth is still here and you're alive, you are going to be governed by these eternal forces. Gravity's not going to change for you. And the number one law, when you look at it correctly in the Aramaic, what Yeshua says is, when you think of the Creator or your neighbor, which in Aramaic means anybody that you think about, you must maintain a filter called Rachma in your mind. And by so doing, you will maintain your human life. If you look around at the globe, at the planet today, and you look for human life, it's pretty hard to find. Those who actually, especially when the stress is up and the chips are down, function out of love. Difficult to find what's most, I mean, just go listen to a political debate. 
and tell me how much human life you see. You know, if you hold a newborn child, you've got an experience of love. Tell me how much is up there. What, what would it be like if every political candidate, before they could apply for running for office, had to have a human life, and when the stress was up and the chips were down, had to know how to function as actual human beings? How different would the whole political process be? And so what Yeshua says is there is the long form from the Aramaic. There's a gateway in the frontal lobes of your brain. The frontal lobes are where intentions are stored. If you keep that gateway called Rachma open, then it is the entryway through which love enters your form. And no matter what happens in your world, the stress is up through the roof, the chips are down to the bottom of the ocean, and you're going to maintain awareness of yourself as a human being, as love, and you are going to function out of that love. You will inoculate yourself against the insanities of an hostility and fear-based world. That's what Yeshua was saying 2,000 years ago. Let me see you find somebody in the church who can tell you about that today. It's virtually non-existent. But when we live in harmony with that, when we realize that love is not something we do to each other, that it's a state of being, then in that state of being, we get direction on how to live. And there are eternal forces surrounding us, much like gravity does, for how the land works. You know, if you don't treat the land according to its energetic needs or the law, the land is not going to produce food that will feed you. If you don't treat your relationships according to the law, the interaction and the way that relationships work, then relationships are going to break down. If you don't eat according to the energetic needs of your body, then your body is going to break down. If you don't think according to the energetic needs for your mind, then your mind is going to break down. So this idea of law, and, and, and there's no punisher involved in that system whatsoever. There's nobody up there saying, you broke my law, therefore I'm going to come and get you. And people have created this fantasy about a God that's out to get them and therefore have rejected the, the understanding that we can be in relationship with this active presence of love that has brought the universe together and that we can function out of that relationship. And when we do, things will go well. We will set up and attract things that will support us as human beings. When we violate those laws, there's nobody there to say, uh-oh, I'm going to get you. It's just like just stepping off the cliff at the bottom bones break. The system works a certain way. If you're in relationship with the forces that cause it to work that way, then your life is going to go awesomely well. And if you're out of harmony with those forces, then life is going to become exceedingly more difficult. And that's simply, you know, that's a, a brief synopsis of this whole idea of law. And so the next 16 days, what we're going to be doing with the group that we've got together is we're going to be working with different tools for how to, re how to understand this process of coming into full relationship with these eternal forces and how to harmonize with them and to remove energies that are in us that don't belong in us that keep us out of tune and out of harmony. And when we do that, all of a sudden, situations, circumstances, 
start to turn around because that's the way the law works. When we're in harmony, life works. When we're not, another example I like to use is, you know, imagine that you're building yourself a nice, new, beautiful 5,000-square-foot home. And you know that the day the powers, they're actually the night the power is going to be turned back on, it's going to be 3 in the morning, and you're going to be sound asleep in your bed. How many, knowing that, would have my great-great-grandmother wire your house? Not likely. She doesn't know anything about the laws of electricity. She does not have liberty to work within that arena. You want the best electrician you can get who has the understanding and knowledge of how the laws of electricity work so that your house will be wired safely and will work well. It's exactly the same in absolutely every arena of your life. Nutrition, mind, emotions, genitals, food, food growing, it all operates according to harmony or disharmony with those eternal forces. And this whole fantasy about some God that's created a very hot place for us, if, if we aren't obedient, is just that. It is men's fantasy because kings have brainwashed them into thinking that law is the rule of a superior. And so we're here to understand those energetic forces, to come into relationship with them. It's not, oh, here's a set of rules, you follow these. It's here's how you live in relationship to those eternal forces. And as you find yourself doing that, things tend to move in wondrous directions, sometimes beyond comprehension in the direction they move. So that's where we're heading with our 16-day laws of living, and we'll be tapping you in on a daily basis to what's happening with the uh, with the course and uh, the understanding that's developing. And Jeannie, you've got a caller for us? We've got a Skype caller. Welcome, Skype caller. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? I think your phone did what mine did. You're on Skype. Would you use the phone just did that? Hello, I can I can hear you in the background. Uh, you're you're on the show live. <laughs> Do you hear us, Michael? <laughs> I can hear you. We just lost them. Okay, well, Skype caller, if you're still there, um, Skype back in and uh, let's have a conversation. Is there somebody else with a hand up, Jeannie? There was, but they're off now. Okay, well, our call-in number, if you're on one of those stations where we can't hear you or you're um, listening in the chat room and you'd like to ask a question, if you're in the chat room and you can't type, it'll be because you don't have a uh, a blog talk permissions account yet. That's pretty simple to do. Just register with them. They're very private with the information and honor it. Take care of it. And uh, you'll be able to type into the chat room. Or if you're on one of those stations we can't access and you'd like to ask a question, ask for some support, our call-in number is 646-200-4169. And we'd be delighted to uh, support you. So if, uh, if I had been sitting in your hometown and had the conversation I just had about law. Let's say, you know, I was at a local library or a local university or a local church and had that conversation, and you were listening. When I walked down off the platform, you would probably walk over to me and say, Michael, I just have a quick question. 
What's your quick question? Did that little snippet of information make sense for you? And if it didn't, how can we clarify it? Can we expand on it for you? Can we make it make more sense for you? And if we can, our call-in number is 646-200-4169. Push one. That puts you in queue. Jeannie will see a little hand go up in the control panel, and she'll know that you want to speak to us. And so if you're on right now, push one. No waiting. You're next in line. Let's have a conversation. How can we support you? Well, everybody's silent. Where is everybody today? Uh, I don't know. if Maybe we lost some people the last couple of days because of the problems we were having with blog talk. Uh, fortunately, we have them resolved, and that's taken care of. And our yes, Jeannie has a hand for us. Let's say hello. 541. 541, you're on the air. Give us a name. Where are you calling from? Is this Julie from Ashland, Oregon? 541, you're on the air. Oh, sorry, I'm on mute. There, now I'm back. Oh, there you go. Hi. I've been mute, Chalice. I know how that goes. You must be back home. I finally am. I'm still a little jet lagged, I think. So, um, uh, however, um, I'm taking care of myself. I'm fine. Um, I I appreciate you, Michael, so much. I learned so much in the intensive that I was doing just two weeks ago. And uh, I so appreciate your openness and willingness to share the laws of living, you know, openly and freely on the air as you do, as you share everything you teach. And I encourage people to listen and ask their friends to listen um, because it's truly a gift what you give us. And um, well, I, I'm delighted. so inspired. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm delighted and honored to be seeing it. It is my gift to myself as well because every time I teach it, I get to understand another piece of the puzzle. And you know, we're, as I had said in the intensive you were in, you know, it's as though we live in a 500 billion piece jigsaw puzzle, 500 billion piece world, and all of humanity to date, every human being together has created a story. They've taken 5,000 pieces of the puzzle and they've made a story out of it and they think that that's life. And that's just what we've done. And to move from, you know, humanity's 5,000-piece story into a 500-billion-piece jigsaw puzzle connected to all of it is quite a piece of work. And so, you know, (laughs) I I find that every time I teach it, I get another piece of understanding, another piece of the puzzle comes clear, and it's like, oh, I got it, I got it. So so it's it's a gift to myself, too, and I appreciate the opportunity to have ears that listen, who take the work, who use the work, who develop an understanding, come back with questions that open another space for me. So it's a, it's definitely a, a wonderful feedback loop. How did your last few days go uh, since you left here uh, visiting with uh, Danielle and Susan? Oh, um, it was very wonderful. I, I traveled with Susan uh, south down to the Palm Beach area to visit her mother, whom I fell in love with. She's a delightful woman, and my mother's been uh, passed away for 22 years now, so I definitely was loving being around mother. Then we went up the coast. I got to walk in the Atlantic Ocean. I had to do that, at least touch the the ocean. 
because I have been a West Coast person my whole life. <laughs> and right. a lot of beautiful experiences. Went up to High Springs and saw so many beautiful springs. Saw the manatees on the coast. Florida has so much to offer. I think I'd like to live there, but I'm, I have the guidance to change my resonance, not my residence. So that's what I'm listening to right now. Good point. Good point. Yeah, and um, this morning on a radio show that I listen to quite often, they um, have a variety of subjects, and it's a local um, community uh, affiliate with NPR, but it's called JPR because it comes out of our area. And they were talking about forgiveness. They had an author from a Unity Church in Hawaii named Joanna Cartuso, something like that. I wondered if you knew her because you have spoken at the Unity Churches down there, I believe, maybe several. Um, she's written a book called The Power of Forgiveness, and and the whole hour was talking over, above, and around the missing elements that you teach, because the world still doesn't know that forgiveness is as to what is inside us rather than forgiving outside of us and pardoning, like you always refer to it as being what that is about. Anyway, I I just, I there were callers calling in, and the host was there, and there, I can sense that there is a huge hunger for this missing piece that you teach so well. And um, I did not call into the show because I didn't want to overstep, and I wanted to be courteous, you know, and not say, wait, you don't know this, you know, because that would be kind of rude. Um, so I just remained silent. But um, So I, I'm up against, I probably need a mind shifter for moving myself to the next level of communicating to my community this gift that if I brought you here to Ashland, Oregon, would be um, received. I really believe you would be very well received. I just uh, have to move through my whatever is in the way. Do you have a mind shifter for me? <laughs> Maybe. How about how about it's safe and healing for me to be a teacher of truth? Oh, that feels so good. <sighs> so and so my work is to remove fear, most likely anything in the way of um, of uh, allowing me to live that desire. Yeah. Thank you. Absolutely, and. You might call uh, whatever the JNPR, whatever it is, radio, the host of that show. Tell them you were listening. And there's another big piece of the puzzle that they'd probably enjoy doing an interview about. And, uh, you know, you could send them or give them the link to the PowerPoint presentation that walks them through 35 years of my work in 24 minutes. And let's set it up for me to get on that show with them and uh, and have the conversation. And maybe that would be a a first step for getting the door to open for us to uh, have enough uh, energy moving out there and support to come back to Ashland and uh, and teach there. Yeah, so you could do that on the phone just from where you are, I'm sure, and then um and then yeah, and then we can we can keep in touch and maybe you could be on a couple times before you um show up before we set you up. Absolutely. Okay, well Absolutely. that's Absolutely make really the contact, good. see what we can do. All right. Okay, well, I'll do my mind shifter first. <laughs> Thank you. All right, blessings. Thanks for the call. And, oh, by the way, Michael, 
Um, did yep. uh, Shelly and Stacy come back to do the laws of living? They still don't have the word on uh, on his job. They're supposed to oh, right. uh, have gotten it either yesterday or today, and the uh, the instruction originally was that if he got it, he had to start the next day. So I haven't heard back from them yet, and maybe they haven't heard, but uh, they're supposed to be in touch with us as soon as they do. And if he doesn't have a start date that's immediate, then perhaps he'll uh... – in fact, I, I, I kind of woke up with a piece of guidance that I sent to him this morning suggesting to him that if the door opens for him to get that job, and this is a company he's worked for before, that he might tell them that he had scheduled himself for this two weeks to be in – an intensive that would help to build his skills for working with people, their employees, and that they may even not only pay him to do the to, the, the intensive, but pay for the intensive itself. So hold the space mm-hmm. for uh, for Shelley that he gets that job and that if it's the right place for him to be and that it's awesome. And, and maybe that next step, the door opens that they go, oh, you're actually doing something to upgrade your skills. We like that. Let us pay you for it. So we'll hold the space. Yeah. Yeah, that's wonderful. All right. Well, I don't know if you have another caller, but I, I, uh, I'm willing to let go and be blessed as I am already. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. Awesome. And maybe right. uh, Shelley and Stacy are listening. So if you are, maybe push one and say hello to us and let us know how it's going. Oh yeah. Okay. Bye, Michael. Bye, Jeannie. Thank you. Bye. Blessings. Glad your journeys were safe and fun. It sounds like you really got to cover the state of Florida. Mm, yeah. Awesome. <laughs> All right, blessings. Take care. Mm-hmm. Thanks. So our call-in number is 646-200-4169. And by the way, if you happen to live in a, uh, or work, pardon me, in a, a business that involves you in working with people, uh, you might consider, and we have had some people who've, who've had their employers pay for them to come and do an intensive to upgrade skills. And when Jeannie got her degree uh, through Ashford University, pretty well-known, pretty uh, well-recognized degree-granting institution, she actually submitted a synopsis of each and every one of our courses and got credit. In fact, Ashford University now has why is this happening to me 101. Again, 101, it has healing through relationships, 102. It has... Codependence to interdependence in his catalog now. And so you might approach your employer and say, hey, you know, I'd like to go to do this codependence communication practicum. And here's the synopsis of it. Would you find me going to do that? And you might find your employer going, wow, that sounds awesome because we see, you know, people in businesses that just make such huge turnarounds in their finances and their employee relations, all sorts of things. This applies wherever there are human beings. And I suspect that, you know, as far as people who could use support and tutelage in using these tools from someone who's been to an intensive, is probably only limited to about 7.5 billion people on the planet. So if you're in a job where that might be a thing you could approach your employer with, if you contact Jeannie, and her email is genie at whyagain.org, and ask, she'll send you a synopsis of each of the courses at our university credit level uh, process, and you may find yourself uh, with your employer going, yeah, we'd like to support that and empower you uh, with uh, with the ability to get the tools and pay you to do it. Hey, what a great idea that is. 
get in to do your work, learn the skills, and learn to pass them on to to others is a powerful gift to give. So our calling number, 646-200-4169. It looks like uh, we've still got about 20 minutes, so we've got lots of time for questions. And it would be awesome to hear what's on your mind. I don't know what happened to our Skype call. We just lost them. It was actually the people downstairs, and they didn't mean to. Oh, okay. That's what that little voice that said, Michael, you can hear us? Okay, I got it now. I thought that's how, well, that was Linda, I think. Okay. Well, you guys, you could uh, you could pop in and say hello and uh, let us know what lunch was like. I, Jeannie just uh, took a picture of my plate. It was so awesome, the colors, the purples of the cabbage and the the um, ginger dressing and the uh, tomatoes with that uh, chunky topping and awesome-looking plate, the red radishes. I mean, it was just so beautiful. So, And if it's not on uh, on our Facebook page yet, but later today we'll – We'll post a picture of that plate if you want to see what we're doing with food here. You know, it's um, it's kind of a shock in this to a lot of people when they find out that food actually grows in the ground, that it doesn't come in a box or a package or from a factory. It actually grows in the ground. And what we do in this intensive is everything we eat is something that grew in the ground. And it's eaten in a fresh and raw live form that is so awesomely delicious, like beyond anything you've imagined. And I know that, you know, when we're traveling, we try to find, and there's some cities that have some pretty nice raw food restaurants. And, you know, the plate that I made today, if I went into one of the, you know, there's a really nice raw restaurant in St. Louis we go to once in a while. The plate that I ate today would be 28 or $29. Uh, for the food, and then the dessert tonight that we'll serve. Ari's just created some awesome uh, fruit pies. Uh, the slice that each person will get would probably be about a ten dollar dessert in a raw food restaurant. So the food's pretty awesome. It's not uh, it's not cheap to do fresh and raw live food. It's a lot cheaper for you know for manufacturers to take all the nutrients out. You know, like for instance, they take wheat. They grind the wheat, they take all the nutrient, the germ, the vitamin E, the vitamin C out of the wheat. They leave this leftover white powder uh, that is virtually nutritionless, and they sell it to people. So they make money by selling it, and people think it's food when they buy a loaf of bread that's made of white flour. So they've made their profit by selling it once, and then they turn around and they take all the stuff they milled out of it, removed the nutritious stuff, the stuff that's really important, and they sell it to pig farmers. So the pig farmers who know their pigs won't reproduce and won't be healthy, if they don't eat well, they sell it to the pig farmers and they make a profit again. And then when people eating the nutrition-free food get sick, they go to the doctor and they end up on drugs. And so once again, that food uh, pharmaceutical super complex uh, gets fed and makes money off of people who just don't know any better. So we're eating this awesome fresh and raw food, and it's kind of fun to have people who are like, wait a minute, what are we, we're going to eat raw food for 16 days? I mean, what are we going to eat, carrots and lettuce? No, we're, I mean, we're going to have some portobello mushroom steaks. We'll have uh, spaghetti and uh, veggie, vegetarian uh, meatballs. Sounds kind of like an oxymoron, doesn't it? We'll have veggie burgers. 
that are dehydrated. We last night had the most awesome onion bread. It was just fabulous. So there are all kinds of things. And we have people who are dyed-in-the-wool meat eaters who will come to an intensive, and after three days are like, man, I am so full and so satisfied. If I If I knew how to prepare this food, I would be on it. I would be, you know, eating this way all the time. And unfortunately, most people don't have any experience with it, so they go back home. And and actually, that's part of the process is getting your hands on that food and and learning how to prepare it. But most people go back home and, you know, they might go to the raw food restaurant and it costs them $50 for a a meal and uh, where they could be doing it certainly for much less at home. And they actually in the intensive develop some of the skills of dealing with the food and understanding it. And Ari is like this walking food encyclopedia. Uh, if you come up with a question, you'll hear a whole litany of the whys and hows and the wherefores of, of that food and how to bring it forward in a way that is just absolutely delicious. So we're blessed by getting to do that. In fact, my plate's still sitting here. Jeannie hasn't been talking, so she's got to eat her lunch. I'll get to uh, to do mine when we complete the show. But thank you, Ari, and thank you for all the hands in the kitchen this morning. Uh, got food prepared and set up for the next couple of days. We're on rock and roll. So if you have a question for us about forgiveness, and, and if you haven't engaged in the forgiveness process yet, you know the world is telling you that if you're in pain, somebody outside of you is the problem. Of course, you're an innocent victim, but it would be really nice if you will forgive them. Well, I'm going to offer, please, please, please never forgive anyone ever again for anything. Because you can't. Just like, you know, the white bread that we're fed is pretend food, Pardoning others for what's going on inside of you is pretend forgiveness. We've been scammed by the world to believe that if I'm in pain, somebody else reached inside of me and implanted that pain and made me feel it. I mean, when you think about that, that is just so ludicrous. And you'll notice if you've been through a particular painful reality 87 different times with 42 different people, you're the only one that was there every time. Your pain is about the content of your own structure. You know, we've been talking the last few days about that awesome song from uh, Alanis Morissette called Madness, where she starts out saying, I've been so unwilling to see the turmoil in me. The thought of sitting with it leaves me paralyzed. And you look at how many people are just paralyzed in terms of doing any kind of sane behavior in their lives, and they're paralyzed by the turmoil inside of themselves, and yet they resent and they resist having to look at their own internal turmoil. Part of the intensive process here is the teaching of how to remove internal turmoil so that you are free of it, that it isn't something that you have to play out time after time after time with person after person after person. And so if you haven't engaged in the forgiveness processes yet, you're certainly welcome to go to our website. You'll find all kinds of resources. 
you know, it's a it's been an all-consuming conversation for over five years in this radio show. So we've got well over thirteen hundred years of archive. Pardon me, thirteen hundred years. So that would be fun. Thirteen hundred hours of archives uh, in our uh, our archives that you're welcome to download. They're free MP3s. If you go to whyagain.org, w-h-y-again.org, and you scroll down a little bit in the middle of the page, you'll see a bullseye. And if you click on that bullseye, it'll open a whole series of resources. You just follow one link after another after another, and it'll walk you through the whole forgiveness process, including at least 16 shows where either Jeannie or myself or Dr. Tim has walked somebody totally through the forgiveness process. And so if you want to avail yourself of that, and, you know, Tim was saying the other day how, and he was on the show, that this was actually the first uh, show where we walked somebody through a worksheet. We had a woman who was a medical doctor call in, and that's the first link in that, uh, in that particular series of links on radio shows. And she called in and had no idea. She, it was actually just after we were out in Ashland last time. And this woman had missed the workshops in Ashland and called in and said, I'm hearing about this forgiveness and I need to know how it works. So we walked her through a worksheet and it is one of the most powerful worksheets I've ever done with anyone. It was just absolutely phenomenal. And if you listen to it, you can just, I mean, you can hear the voice tone changes, the shifts in her energy are so powerful and she works right back through some major issues in her life just click 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 in an hour and you know to find that that particular show if you go to the bullseye on whyagain.org click on it the third link down has a series of links to radio shows the 16 where we've done worksheets with people and then several other what we consider to be more important shows good place to start to listen to the archives i think genius is still the first one in that list that is uh, the radio show that i'm talking about that first one that we did i believe it is so if you click third link down under the bullseye and the first link there is a radio show with a medical doctor that we worked with on the show who just uh, made just monumental breakthroughs and so you're welcome to listen to that and I was talking to someone the other day who said that they had actually taken me up on and listened to all 16 hours of shows where we walked people through the worksheet. And what you find is that the nuances and the depth that each person goes to, and of course, one person's stuck point is different than the next person, so we get to cover just really an in-depth understanding of that worksheet process. And it is totally, the forgiveness process is totally counterintuitive because we've got it all backward. We think that's what's going on outside of us is the cause of what's going on inside of us and nothing could be further from the truth. And because we believe a certain way, we believe that our pain is caused from the outside, we actually use our hidden pain to build pictures in our minds of the people we think are the cause. So here we are with this picture in our minds, thinking we're actually looking at somebody out there and making them the cause of what's going on inside of us. And, you know, when you really start to look at that, it's so ludicrous. It's so silly to have such a belief. But, you know, once I've 
generating a reality. And, you know, we'll go back once again to the CIA research on perception. Go to their website and put this quote in or something similar to it, and you'll find where they're, they're saying, we do not record reality. We, the mind generates reality. So if you have pain you don't want to deal with, your brain will generate pictures of the people you want to blame it on, and you'll actually see a whole world that proves to you that they're the cause of your pain. When the truth is, every time you're in pain, you're in pain because there is an error in your thinking, and your structure is warning you of your error. If you stick to error thinking, you will keep constructing pictures of other people as being the problem in your life. That's what the physicist David Bohm, we mentioned him in step one of the worksheet, David Bohm coined a term called sustained incoherence. And his definition basically of sustained incoherence is thinking in a way that causes us pain and blocking from ourselves the awareness that it is our own thinking that causes us pain and making up a whole world that shows us that the cause of the pain is outside of us and then keeping up with that way of thinking. David Bohm defines that as sustained incoherence. And what happens is every time you bring an incoherent wave into your structure, you think of an energy field. Like if you heard, let's say, a bunch of random people being beating drums, it would sound like this cacophony of noise. Gee, they're not all playing the same tune. They're not all on the same page. Their sounds are incoherent. When you hear a group of people practice drummers drumming together, and they are incoherence, that is, they have coherence with each other, the energy of the sound of those drums is awesome and beautiful, and wow, what a great piece of music. But when you bring in a frequency that does not belong, then by bringing in that frequency that does not belong, you end up with an incoherent state. Incoherent energetic states inside of us create pain. It's just this, you know, it's like it's, it, it's like I was talking about the law of gravity. You know, we have this beautiful, beautifully designed system that when I engage in an energy that doesn't support it, an energy that is incoherent, my energy system says, ouch, that hurts. Stop bringing that energy in here. What do we do? We've been taught by our culture that somebody else is the cause of it. We totally deny that it is our own incoherence, and we make up a story about them, and we hallucinate. I mean, we live in a world that exists nowhere but between our ears. It's a total and complete fantasy and hallucination. So once I recognize the insanity of that, then I get to start to collapse pictures in my mind, constructs in my mind, based on incoherence. And all of a sudden, I start to feel better. Now, I don't care how bad you're feeling. I don't care whether you've been terrorized to the max. It doesn't matter if you have been the most dastardly person that ever lived on the earth and have done the most terrible things that have ever happened. 
those incoherent energies can be removed from your structure. That's all. Doesn't matter what it is. Doesn't matter what they did to you. Doesn't matter how many times you were violated. Doesn't matter how many times you violated someone else. Those energetic patterns that cause pain are incoherent energies with your energy system. In order for them to impact you, you have to hold on to them. Forgiveness is how you let go of them, how you remove those things that never belonged in your structure. And so when you start to apply the forgiveness tool and you understand how that process works, then literally the incoherent frequencies are removed. If there's an incoherent frequency in your liver, guess what? A doctor's going to look at it and say, you got the liver disease. If there's an incoherent energy in your heart, the doctor's going to look at your heart and say, you got the heart disease. If there's an incoherent energy in your brain, the doctor's going to look at you and say, you got the brain disease. You got the skin that cancel, cancel all of that. But, but that's what's going to happen because an incoherent energy throws the structure of the cell out of whack. Now, fortunately, the cell is not physical. Fortunately, the cell is an energetic pattern that reflects a certain way to the eye. When it is healthy, it looks a certain way. When a, an incoherent energy is superimposed on the cell, the cell to the eye looks distorted. We say, oh, that's a diseased cell. And now because of ignorance and thinking there's actually a physical cell there and not knowing that it has to do with energy patterns, since we try to bombard it with something, poison usually, to try to fix it, which, you know, doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Certainly you can manipulate the incoherent energies that distort the cell so the cell might start to look better. But if you do that with something that is a known toxin, that is something that everybody knows creates what are called side effects, which are diseases, you haven't really helped the cell at all, even though it looks a little better. Or you've put that in and the cost to the other cells in the structure are enormous. So when you start to recognize that you have the choice to remove incoherent frequencies. Now, how many incoherent frequencies does the average person have within them? And how long does this take? Well, if you go back to the Aramaic Yeshua, who was a geneticist, not a theologian, he says... The scriptures talk about the sins of the fathers, and sin just means incoherent energy. It's actually an archery term in Aramaic that means off the mark, an incoherent energy. So one in sin is carrying an incoherent energy in their structure. So he said, the incoherent energies, the sins of the fathers, will be passed, yea, unto three and four generations of those who are separated from love. The way the Greeks translate that, it says, those who hate me, the creator speaking to you. So until you can bring conscious, active, present love to the cell and access the incoherent energy that has changed the coherent state of the cell into an incoherent or disease state, the technology to remove the incoherent energy allows the cell to just snap back into its normal state in an instant, 
in an instant. And people say, well, Michael, why aren't we observing that every day? Because nobody's got the tools to do it. We get to observe it every day. You know, our last nine-day intensive, we had a gentleman here that was in process of talking about, you know, getting a pacemaker put in. He had all these arrhythmias and noises going on in his heart and all this stuff going on. After five days, his that was gone. Those incoherent frequencies were gone, and his heart was perfectly normal. Gee, no more, you know, jumping around. No more, I can't catch my breath because I'm just free of it. We had a woman who was uh, probably in her early 50s. And about the third morning before the intensive, so it would have been about day six, she shared with the group, I just, we've got a fairly long staircase here. She was in a room upstairs. She said, I just came down the stairs, skipping down the stairs like a teenager. I'm supposed to have multiple sclerosis. I haven't been able to do that for decades. She, down the stairs, you know. Listen to the interview uh, on the uh, the radio shows with Michael Coughlin, who showed up at Heartland in a wheelchair two years ago, and six weeks later was jogging up the hill. Forgiveness removes the incoherent frequencies of the generations. When you think about four generations, that's 31 lives. So you have the incoherent frequencies of the last four generations in your genes. And, of course, where did the fourth generation back get their incoherent energies? but from the previous four generations who got it from the previous four, who got it from the previous four, those who enter into the practice of restoring themselves to human life, to love, who bring forward those incoherent energies, melt them off and step into wholeness. That's what we're here to support you in. We're delighted you're here to pass the news on. If you, Take the MP3 of this radio show, download it, attach it to an email, send it to somebody it might be meaningful to. We appreciate you. Have a blessed day. Have the best year yet. Oh, pardon me. Yes, we'll see you Monday. Bring a strange to the show Monday. Blessings. Bye-bye. Have an awesome weekend. Thank you for listening to Mind Shifters Radio with the Forgiveness Doctor, Dr. Michael Wright and his wife, Jeannie, who present the internal Aramaic process of forgiveness. Michael and Jeannie are here every Monday through Friday on Earth Angels Radio. For more on Michael and Jeannie, please visit www.yagain.com. That's www.whyagain.com.